Hello, I'm Sarah Archer and welcome to episode 91 of the Speaking Club podcast. Hi, my name's Lisa Whip. You're driving along the road and there's a man and a woman stood in the middle of it. What do you hit first? The brakes, of course! Welcome to the Speaking Club podcast because making them laugh is the secret sauce to your speaking, pitching and business success. And now your host, Sarah Archer. Hey! Thanks to Lucy Wicks for our first ever listener joke and for opening the show. Now, if you've got something funny that you think might be good for starting next week's show with, then hop over to thespeakingclub.com once you've listened to this episode and just hit the record button. That's thespeakingclub.com and you'll see where you can leave your joke and your name for next week's show. Go on. Okay, let's get cracking. So have you ever been to a fair or an amusement park where they have a fun house that has those mirrors that change your reflection? Some make you look tall and thin and some make you look short and fat. Some make your head bigger and so on. Basically, what they do is they distort reality and make you see things that aren't there. Well, in this episode, I want to talk to you about bad stories and the way that they can also act as our own funhouse mirrors, distorting reality and destroying our own self-image and ripping apart our goals and dreams. I'm going to share exactly what I mean by bad stories, how you can deal with them and all sorts, but I wanted to illustrate by giving you a few examples from my life of where I've fallen into this bad story trap. And the first one, when I was probably around 11, 10, 11, something like that. Our next door neighbour came to our house and I remember my sister and I were there and my sister is 11 months younger than me. I have one 11 months younger and one who is nine years younger. And the next door neighbour was talking to us and she said that my sister was pretty and that I was attractive. And I took that to mean that I wasn't pretty. I don't even know why this woman's opinion mattered to me. But for some reason, I took her saying that I was attractive to mean that I was, you know, not good looking and less than my sister who was pretty. And I sort of held on to that for years and years, this idea that I wasn't pretty. Just the fact that she described us in different ways... I made that mean something about me, a story about what I was like and what I could do and what I couldn't do. And that affected the way that I was thinking about me in relation to other people, and whether I would be pretty enough to get boyfriends and all sorts of stuff. So I made those simple words from the next door neighbor whose opinion you know with hindsight who cares what she says and you know but it wasn't even a bad thing I created a whole load of baggage and stories bad stories around her saying that I was attractive and my sister was pretty so that was the first early not probably not the earliest but one of the ones that sort of sticks in my mind and what you find with these bad story episodes is that they are often quite you know they come back to you they stick in your mind these bad stories there's decisions associated with these bad stories as well Um, another one I remember quite clearly 
I was, it was about 31 years ago. We've moved on a bit. I'm a bit older, I'm about 17. And I went for an audition at RADA. So that's the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. It's one of the top drama schools because all I wanted when I was little uh, younger was to, to be an actress. And so I went along with my mum to RADA to audition for drama school. And I remember walking in. I can't remember much about what it looked like, but I remember walking in and there was a corridor and there were seats in this corridor and there were other girls waiting to go for audition. And I took one look at these girls and they were, I can't remember exactly, but in my head now when I replay that, they're blonde, they're tall, they're thin, they're beautiful. And I remember quite a few of them talked with a, a, a posh voice, a plummy accent. And so when I saw these girls and heard these girls and heard what they were talking about, I immediately made up a story in relation to myself. I remember thinking, oh, well, that's it. You know, I'm, ne I'm not like them. I'm not good enough to get into this place. And I don't know if it affected my audition. They, they basically said I need to go and get some life experience before I came in. But it, it may have influenced the way that I performed because I it was already rejected by myself before I got anywhere near the audition. I'd already said I wasn't good enough. And on top of that, you know, so I, I basically didn't, I did a few more auditions, but I didn't persist at that point with pursuing a career in acting and I think part of it was because I resigned myself to the fact that I wasn't good enough in terms of the way that I looked my image and so on and then on top of that by sort of not continuing with that not persisting I also created an identity for myself as someone who didn't uh, see things through so a, qu a quitter if you like so there's like, you can see there's sort of the, the baggage creates more baggage. So perhaps I felt that way because I made up a story when someone said I was attractive, not pretty. Then I created another story, seeing these girls that I wasn't good enough. I attached meaning to these things. And then this further identity that I created that I wasn't persistent. You know, when other people, you know, they, when they say what you need is staying power. And I sort of said, well, I'm a quitter. You know, I haven't got that. So that was that one, so double whammy. And then another one that I remember, this is the last one I'm going to tell you about, was when I was made HR director, my first director job. And I was reporting into the CEO, directly into CEO with the other directors. And I remember just feeling unappreciated, like I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't do anything right with the CEO and I it was influencing my performance this you know I'd made up a story well this I thought he didn't appreciate me and so I, I ended up getting me a, an executive coach and when I had the coaching session with the executive coach he did something uh, some work with me um, by a lady called Byron Katie and it's called The Work and I remember this conversation we were in, unfortunately, it was like a glass office inside this big open plan office. And we were having this conversation. It wasn't ideal in that sense. But he said to me, you know, what's what's going on? And I said, 
like he doesn't appreciate me, you know, talking about the CEO. And he said, is that true? And I said, well, yes. And I came up with lots of evidence to show that that I was right, that he didn't appreciate me. And he said, you know, I can you be absolutely certain that that is true? And he said, you know, are you in his head? And I said, well, well, no. And he said, so if you're saying that's true, you know, when you have that thought, he doesn't appreciate me, how does it make you feel? And then I got all upset. I just, I, I it obviously it was such a big thing to me, this big story that I, you know, again, I guess, it, you know, I wasn't good enough. I started crying and, and he said to me, you know, who would you be without that thought? He doesn't appreciate me. And I said, you know, I'd, I'd be much freer, I'd be more confident, blah, blah, blah. And he then did this thing called the turnaround, which was you kind of take he doesn't appreciate me and you look at it in, you know, sort of 360. And we ended up coming to the conclusion one of the things was that I didn't appreciate myself and I think that is is a fair thing you know throughout my life I've looked for quite a lot of external validation and it's not you know and this is something else that I'm going to be coming on to the, the technique that he used with me was something that Byron Katie has created it's called The Work and I'm going to put a link in the show notes to Byron Katie's site, thework.com, because this is a phenomenal four simple questions and a turnaround that can really help you get to the bottom of some of these stories that we tell ourselves. So, so basically from that, I actually, that coach introduced me to something called the Landmark Forum. And I went and did a weekend of self-development. And I think that was a, it was a landmark, it's a good name. I, I don't, do much landmark these days but I that weekend those three days was just like having the veil lifted around this whole area of bad stories and why we create these stories and it, it was a weekend of looking at what baggage we've you know created for ourselves that we're writing our future with you know we make decisions throughout our life based on meaning that we attach to things that then influence how we behave and act you know going forward and it can really sort of stop us from achieving our potential and our goals and our dreams and so what these bad stories are is we create meaning we make our own stories up about what people say so in those examples the first example she said I was attractive immediately I made attractive less than pretty I mean why I didn't know the sort of power of synonyms then and all that good stuff so I I made that mean that I was less that was a story I told myself or she must mean I didn't ask her what that means I just made an assumption and created a story about me that would influence the way I acted the decisions I made about myself, you know, all through my life. So I, and, and I did the same thing when I went for the audition. I saw those girls and I created a story about the way they looked and what it meant for my future. And then the same thing with my boss in that first role. And the first thing that we've got to recognise is that we are in control. Something happens or we see something and we don't have to make it mean something. It just happens. and, and you, you, Or you can have the power to make it mean something different. 
And I've spent the last 10 years since I did the Landmark Forum working on myself, on choosing my thoughts, on trying not to attach meaning to things. It's very difficult. I still make mistakes all the time. But being aware of the choices that I have and the control that I actually have, that I don't have to be dragged along by my negative thoughts and and these bad stories, I can choose different stories, has been amazing. And, you know, my first Edinburgh show, when I, I discovered this in, what, 2009, I think my first Edinburgh show was in 2011. It was all about this. I, I was quite clumsy, but I wanted to try and get people to see that these stories are unhelpful, that we create for ourselves. You know, relationships break down because we make you know, the way something that our partner says or something that they do means something about ourselves. We we mind read or we try and we make terrible mind reading assumptions about what people are thinking. And that is also in itself, you know, something I want to come on to. But let me tell you about these tactics. Okay, so something happens and we make it mean something. So let's go back to uh, the drama school audition. If I had gone into that same same story into the corridor see all those girls and I made that mean they're beautiful I'm never going to get roles and so on now if I'd have said to myself looking at it logically and, and sort of being questioning these thoughts and questioning these stories I and without attaching any sort of meaning to it I could have said oh well you know they're very pretty they're probably going to go for leading roles and I could go for all the character roles and like there's only one leading lady there's so many different character roles out there and also I could have said well if they're all looking quite similar I'm going to stand out because I'm different like there's so many other choices that I could have made about that scenario rather than just go with the negative one about me which is I'm not good enough I'm you know you have the choice to question those thoughts and choose different ones you know in public speaking you can do the same thing I could never do that because of something that happened in the past the past is the past now is now you have choice you have control over your thoughts you can say what if something different happens what if I can put a great talk together and go and rock the stage and get my message out the world is full of possibilities as soon as we stop attaching meaning to things and this is also something that we do to our goals we we attach meaning to things oh when I do this I will be this and then if we don't quite get the results that we were planning to get we make it mean something about ourselves again We need to detach from things, outcomes, things that people say, you know, let go of the meaning and just let things be. You know, if we fail, failure is an opportunity to learn. You know, in NLP, we say there isn't failure, there's only feedback. And in business, what I've learned is the best thing to do is fail faster so that you can get the learning and you know have the breakthrough that normally comes when these sort of breakdowns happen so the first thing we can do is question the story we've created for ourselves the first thing to do is be you know that is having this awareness that we those stories aren't true you know they're just stories that we make up and there could be equally different stories that are just as valid we find the evidence we want 
but there is other evidence out there, you know, so you've got to start questioning the things first. So being aware that we do this is the first thing. That's what I got from Landmarks, just the awareness that we make these decisions based on things that happen that are our interpretation of it. That's all it is. You know, Donald Trump loves to use the words fake news. Well, we create fake stories about ourselves. That's fake news. Anything can be spun in a certain way. And often we choose to spin things in a negative way about ourselves because we think we're mind readers. Okay, so get my drift, right? Lose the meaning. Don't make something mean something that it doesn't. Just take it on face value. When you set a goal, don't attach meaning to whether you are successful or not in achieving that goal. Because at the end of the day, what we're really scared of, we're not really scared of failure. What we're scared of is the emotions attached to that. Like I'm still working on myself. Let me give you an example. I'm just going through the process of hiring a VA. I had some good applications, but I had to shortlist down. And I was so, I put off shortlisting it down because I didn't want to reject people because I thought that it would mean that they would have an issue with me and it would be awkward and I didn't want to feel uncomfortable you know it's emotions that we're scared of and feelings I didn't want to have them think badly of me because I didn't shortlist that particular person now how stupid I know all this stuff these days the moment I I feel that discomfort I know there's something I probably need to work on there so the other thing to be aware of is this letting go, this surrender. So choose your, you question your thoughts, your stories that you're making up. Look at whether you can choose a different one, if you can reframe that. And the other thing to be working on is surrender and letting go. Again, something that I'm working on, there was an episode not so long ago where I sort of went through a, a session looking at my fear of Facebook lies. And that is all about you know, fear of being judged. I mean, there was some other stuff that came up, but, you know, I was attaching meaning to me doing Facebook lives, whether it was worrying about what people said or thought or the way I looked or whatever, attaching meaning. Now I'm working so hard on letting go of surrendering to just doing stuff, making it a game and not worrying about what people think because most of the time if people have got an issue with something, it's their issue, it's pressing their buttons, there's something they need to work on. So is if I can detach from the outcome, so detach, make it not mean anything and surrender and just, you know, go for stuff, that is such a powerful place to be in. You know, it. They, I think detachment and surrender are the most powerful tools that you can deploy in your life and as a speaker and as a business person to become unstoppable. Yes, as a speaker, you do do your research, do your preparation, think about the audience in relation to your message and you do all of that prep. But once you've done it, as I've said before, you just have to trust and let go. And the moment you can let go of outcomes, of worrying about what people think or what they've said and what it means about you, if you can let go of all that stuff, you become so, so powerful. I'm still working on doing it and I just thought maybe 
hearing some of the stuff that I've struggled with and some of the things that, you know, stories that I've created may help you question the things that come up for you next time someone says something or you get a bit of feedback. You know, this whole episode came about because one of my clients creates stories about feedback. You know, they whenever they get feedback, they make it mean something about them, you know, something bad about them. And it's affecting the relationships, communication, business and so on. So that prompted me amongst other stuff to do this episode because the moment you can let go, the moment you detach from the outcome and, and don't make stuff mean anything about you, suddenly the future is a blank sheet of paper and the baggage from the past becomes irrelevant. It's hard, you've got to keep working on it, but it is possible to to be unstoppable using these tools. Cool. So takeaways. Next time someone says something or does something or something happens, don't attach meaning to it. Or if, you know, if you're not sure, if they think they're being funny, ask them about it. And also you don't attach meaning to goals or results. See life as a game. See what happens. Fail faster. You'll, you'll get further faster. And, you know, if you don't do anything, if you, if you get stopped because of these stories about yourself, like I did, you know, with, with my acting, then you'll, things will never happen. So the third takeaway is to let go and surrender. Trust. You know, as long as you've done the prep, I'm not saying don't do the prep. You know, trust that the right things will happen. Cool. Well, that's it from me. Before I head off, I just wanted to let you know about a brand new live webinar masterclass I'm hosting. It's coming very soon. It's called The Blueprint for Creating and Delivering a Story-Led Talk that Influences, Inspires and Converts. And you have no idea how much trouble I've had saying the word blueprint. <laughs> it's been a nightmare. I did it one in one go then. I'm right proud, proud of myself. It's been hilarious. Um, anyway, if you've got a talk coming up that you want to rock or you're just starting out speaking and you want to get the exact steps you need to take to create and deliver a great talk, then you'll want to join me. It is going to be free to attend this masterclass, but places will be limited. So if you want to grab yours... Next Tuesday, the 12th of November, that's when registration opens, 12th of November, and you just need to go from next Tuesday to thespeakingclub.com slash masterclass. That's next Tuesday, thespeakingclub.com slash masterclass. Fabulous. Right, as usual, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you choosing The Speaking Club when there are so many great podcasts out there. And remember, if you have a joke, you want to open the show next week, then head over to thespeakingclub.com and record your joke there. And finally, if you're not subscribed, hit that button. And if you could leave a rating or review, that would be amazeballs. Thank you so much again. Have a fantastic week. And don't forget to go grab your life by the nuts. Don't attach meaning to anything. Let go and get cracking. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Speaking Club podcast at www.saraharchard.co.uk.